I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Producer Raheem Shabazz continues the elementary genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Hey, Atlanta, have you heard? True Laundry Detergent is now offering free shipping in the Atlanta area. Just text the word TRUE to 404-493-0523 or give us a call. That's 404-493-0523. True Detergent is four times concentrated and perfect for those HE washers. Just one ounce removes dirt, brightens fabrics, and leaves each load with a clean, fresh scent. Best of all, True contains no animal products, and it's safe for sensitive skin. Follow us on social media, True Detergent ATL. Empower Black Family. This is your host Raheem Shabazz, and I am here with my two lovely co-hosts. I'm gonna have them introduce themselves. This is the first time that all three of us have been here in one place, one setting, under one roof. That's Unity Family, and we're gonna have a good discussion today. And our topic of discussion is. Do black celebrities have a financial responsibility to the black community? But before we get into that, I'm going to have my lovely co-host introduce themselves, and we're going to start to my left. Hello, my brothers and sisters. It's me, Goddess Fumi. Um, you can find me on Be Divine Minded on Instagram, and I am so happy to be here with this podcast. What's up, everybody? Super happy to be here. Uh, this is Ashton Breon, and um, I'm ready. Let's what, what we doing? What we talking about today? <laughs> well, today 
we're going to talk about celebrities and if they have a financial responsibility to the black community from which they come to the black community that financially support them and put them in the position that they are in. But before we do that, ladies, what have y'all been up to? I know last week, me and Fumi, we went out to the Juneteenth Festival and that was the monumental moment. How did you like it? Was that your first time going? I loved it. Um, it was great to network and be, uh, you know, with you, of course, because you knew everybody at the Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a great chance to network with a lot of my brothers and sisters. And um, I'm glad you, you know, got me to go with you. How was it in Buffalo compared to Atlanta? We have it every year in Buffalo, New York, where I come from. But, um, yeah, it, I've never been to Atlanta's Juneteenth. Well, you know, Atlanta is, I mean, Buffalo is one of the poorest cities in America. And so when you go to the Juneteenth in Buffalo, you got to get there real early because around 3, 4 p.m., that's when all the, you know, our brothers and sisters that vibrate on a low vibration, they come out and they start shooting each other. And, you know, it's, 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 it's beautiful in the beginning. You have the parades, you know, you have a lot of vendors and you get to network with a lot of people. But, you know, unfortunately, in our hoods in our inner cities you know you have a lot of violence so wow wow and what about you how 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 was your juneteenth uh how was my juneteenth i didn't make it out to the festival <laughs> i know that <laughs> um i did make it to malcolm x fest though so don't you know don't totally count me out um i go to juneteenth every year so i don't know this year was one of those i don't think i did anything <laughs> the weekend that That's particular weekend. weekend are you from atlanta not originally but i grew up here I, yeah i'm from barbados originally but i grew up here yeah i'm, I'm from atlanta <laughs> i'm from decatur <laughs> um i what's i'm just trying to graduate film school brother that's just all i'm, I'm trying to do at the moment Get that done. <laughs> Lucky for me, everybody, because, you know, inspiring actress over here. <laughs> Great to meet these connections. Right. <laughs> you see that, family? We have an individual graduating from film school. We have an award-winning filmmaker. And we have an aspiring actress. That is a combination for success. So, you know, expect not just this podcast, but for a project where all three of us collaborating hey. and putting our minds together <laughs> and making something happen. So without any delay, we're going to get right into it. And we're going to play a brief clip of Stevie Wonder. And he appeared in, Minis- he, he appeared in um, Minneapolis at an event. And it was called the... Um, Something to do with peace. And this event took place right after the verdict where the murderous race soldier was acquitted for killing our brother, Philando Castell. And these are Stevie Wonder's words. He caught a lot of backlash. And I'm going to play this audio and let you guys hear it. Make sure you stay tuned to Necessary Blackness podcast. And this is Raheem Shabazz. It is in your hands to stop all the killing and all the shooting, wherever it might be. Because you cannot say Black Lives Matter and then kill yourselves. (laughs) 
Because you know that we mattered long before it was said. But the way we show that we matter, the way that we show all the various people of color matter is by loving each other and doing something about it, not just talking about it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, those was the words of Stevie Wonder. And some of you might be like, well, what did he say wrong, Raheem? Well, this is what he said wrong. When he compared the brutal killing of our brother, Philando Castell, to black-on-black violence, you cannot equate that with the same narrative. When he said, we can't say black lives matter when we have black-on-black crime. Black lives matter was started for the brutality and unwarranted killing of unarmed blacks, Tamir Rice, Rakia Boy, um, the list goes on Sandra and on. Bland. Sandra Bland, Eric Gardner. Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, the list goes on and on. So you can't equate that. And what it sounds like, when, when you have a celebrity such as Stevie Wonder come out and say stuff like this, it's the same narrative that these talking heads and these media pundits that be on Fox News uh, say. Now, I do know that Stevie Wonder, he does a lot for the black community. Um, he is a social justice warrior, but we have to be careful in what we say and how we say it and who we say it to because it can be misconstrued. And um, he caught a lot of backlash for that. He hasn't responded to it, and I'm sure he possibly will. And if he don't, we still love you, brother. But listen, you have to call a spade a spade, and you have to place the blame upon the heads of those who are inflicting harm on those of us in the black community. So, Fumi, what do you think after you heard that little narrative of Stevie Wonder? I mean, it's the same thing, same way I felt when I heard Shaquille O'Neal speak on Colin Kaepernick, you know, when he's, I just feel like it's a time and a place to have that dialogue. You know, um, when it comes to publicly speaking, we need to have each other's back. You know, I always say that, like what happens in a home, you can talk bad about your brother and sister amongst each other, but when it comes down to another family or someone else, you need to speak highly of your your friends and your brothers and sisters. So I think it was a time and a place that he should have said those words. And I feel the same way and it's to a certain extent, you know, just like with the Juneteenth. I don't like to go there and see my brothers and sisters killing each other, but at the same time, I'm not going to speak about that if I'm at the White House or, you know, if I'm on days time TV. So Any other thoughts? Woo! Um <laughs> so many. <laughs> um wow. What is black on black crime? Is my question. Is there a white on white? Is there such thing as white on white crime or Indian on Indian crime? Is there a is there a uh Arab on Arab crime? How why is it that the only thing that people seem to want to put into such a box and cast fingers at is black on black crime. Because if I'm a white man and I kill another white man, what is that? White on white crime. But nobody ever talks about the statistics of white on white crime, Indian on Indian crime, Mexican on Mexican crime. Like, let's stop putting this whole narrative of black people kill each other because people kill people. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have nothing. Uh, let me, okay. 
and, and before before you go into that, there is a study and there is statistics, and hey. it's on the FBI website hey. where white people kill more white people than black people exactly. kill more black people. Look at history, and, and it's a proven fact that you are gonna have crime and situations to those that are in close proximity to you. So when you have neighborhoods that are all black, it's going to be black on black crime. When you have neighborhoods that are all white, it's going to be black on black, on uh, white on white crimes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Finish you're fine. I'm glad you said that because I just feel like this, this whole construct of color on color crime or cu- culture on culture, race on whatever you want to, however you want to slice it, it's bullshit. People kill people, point blank, period. Um, I also think, I, I'm not even going to really touch on what Stevie Wonder said off of the strength of apples ain't got shit to do with oranges. A police officer killing a black man don't have nothing to do with another black man killing another black man, point blank, period. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with anybody when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? Like one is one and the other is the other. So you can't really compare the two. What I will say is... um Lack of pride and lack of understanding what life means. That in itself is why these young men are out here killing each other. When it comes to I'm a black man, I just shot you. You won't be coming home to your mother or your children. It's because for some odd reason, I don't know when it happened, your life became less valuable to me, even though we look the same, Mm -hmm. even though nine times out of 10, you probably arguing with your baby mama. Like I'm arguing with mine. You probably trying to find a better way of life. Like I'm trying to find a better way of life. You understand what I'm saying? How, how, how similar we are yet. There's no, there's no value. If people value life, Oh, my brothers, for example, I have men in my life that I care deeply about strictly platonic best friends right they value life they don't walk around like if a nigga step on my shoe i'm killing this nigga you know what i'm saying they if as a matter of fact if you're not gonna value the life of the person that you the life that you feel like you want to take value your life because what what the fuck do you think happens to your soul after you kill somebody what do you think happens to your spirit after you shoot a nigga because he parked in front of you or because he stepped on your shoe or because he said he he said something disrespectful to you what do you think slowly happens to your spirit it begins to deteriorate you can't just be out here killing people and when i say people i mean white to white black to black whatever the case may be you know Absolutely. what I mean? It's a, it's a div- it's, there's no value for life. For, and when I say life, I don't mean your heart beating. I mean the people that you go home to, the things you feel passionate about, the you know the things that make you cry, the things that make you laugh. That's a part of life. People forget. like They just forget. And That's because it's a lack of knowledge of self. Absolutely. If we knew who we were, we would respect ourselves. We will understand that we're all connected. We will understand that every time we kill a brother or a sister, we're you're killing off our own army. And that's what it is. And Stevie Wonder is not the first <laughs> and he's not the last. Exactly. And my mama wonders why I don't like Oprah and why I don't like Bill Cosby. Well, he's not he's not the first and he's not the last that uh made statements that all you know in regards to all lives matter and black on black crime. Uh few months back you had Floyd Mayweather who made a statement 
where he said, I'm here to say that all lives matter. A lot of times we get stuck and we are followers. When you hear one person say black lives matter, everybody says it. No, all lives matter. And that in itself is is ridiculous. You had the NFL Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice, said the same thing. But when he caught backlash, the first thing that he said, oh, I didn't know uh, what the whole Black Lives Matter movement was about. And you know what? I will give him credit and I will probably say he probably didn't know. And that's the problem is that you have these sports analysts and, and these media mm. pundits that will put microphones in front of people and ask them what they think about this, what they think about that. Nah, you need to stick to football because that's what he do. You know, so he apologized. But we're not going to get off uh, topic with um, a lot of these celebrities that be uh, what I like to call soft shoe cooning. <laughs> with all this straddling that fence yeah straddling <laughs> the fence you know um, let's get to the topic I want to ask Fumi what's up do you believe black celebrities have a financial obligation to the black community and if so why mm. okay so a part of me, I do feel like they have a financial obligation. Um, I feel like anyone with money or power have an obligation to their fellow brothers and sisters. I see too many times you have, you know, like even when I went to visit Africa, I see so many wealthy people and then you have poor people right down the block. And I just think it's so sad. How could you just live this, you know, glamorous life and watch your brothers and sisters or children just be hungry, you know? Um, but I also know that a lot of times when we get into this power, we try so hard to help our family and help our, you know, fellow people from the hood. And they, they tend to bring us down and they tend to only use us or they, they don't really support us. And, you know, just like with, with what we're doing right here, you know, how many of us can say that we have friends and family sharing this podcast and trying to get the word out? But as soon as we make it big, that's when everyone is going to want to come and jump on our team. So in, in a sense, it's kind of like I can understand how someone who finally makes it is like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Y'all y'all weren't with me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to donate my money to whatever cause I want to donate it to. But you know what? Let me just stop you for one minute and maybe I can get some clarity. It's almost like two different things. We're talking about family, friends, and people that we know. And a lot of times, those are not the individuals to support you. We're talking about a race of people, people that you come and you share the same cultural perspective. You you share the same DNA structure. We talking about the black community. So we're not making it like, you know, you, you, your friends, you're not supporting them, your family. We talking about the community as a whole, the cause, the cause for social justice. It could be a charitable cause. But that's even even with like with Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. You gonna have to edit that out. Colin Kaepernick. 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 Colin Kaepernick. Ah, you got right. So last year, 2016, he said he would donate all the proceeds from his jerseys. 
to any cause of, you know, oppression. And, you know, he's down with the Black Power Movement. And he did that. How many people do you see out here, though, rocking his jersey? This is the thing. This is what he said. No, no, but his, you know, his jersey shot up to number one. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of people rocking it. To me, jerseys played out, but I'm not a football fan. Maybe that's why. But his jerseys shot up, went number one, and the brother did do exactly what he said. He donated, uh, I think it was $50,000 to um, Somalia. So, um, and he did some other stuff as well. I have a question, though, because, you know, stupid people will buy your book just to burn it. So did his jerseys shoot up because stupid people bought his jerseys just to burn them? Because people do ignorant shit like that. Or did they go up because it's like, hell yeah, he's our hero. We're Because literally, you've seen it. People will buy your shit. They're dummies. They will support you in order to protest you. So mm-hmm. I want to know in what area did his sales go up? Which Which people bought his jerseys? I'm not a marketing analyst. I don't know if it was the black power movement that went out and support him. But what I will say is, if people are stupid enough, and I know they are, that they will spend their money to buy a $30, $40 jersey just to burn it, you're not doing nothing but enriching that man, and they don't see that, right? Well, I do know that he also donated a million dollars, right? And these were to many causes. He have them all posted up on his website. And as a people, this man really just gave up his football career, which I'm sure he did it because he loved it. He gave up his career. Now, are we going to boycott the NFL? No, we're going to still be sitting around every Sunday, every Monday, watching football, buying their jerseys, you know, supporting these wealthy people who don't give a care about us. And this is what I'm saying where I can understand how a celebrity can be like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I gave up my whole career and y'all still, just like I seen an interview with Snoop, and Snoop was saying it's a time and a place. Either he needs to be, um, either he needs to do football or he needs to be an activist. And and he can't really be an activist because he don't have no support. But look at you sitting here on this news channel going against what he's speaking for instead of being his support. You get me? Like. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to go deeper into this discussion. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about a historical moment when athletes actually got together and fought the powers that be. Mm. This is Raheem Shabazz with my two beautiful co-hosts, and we'll be right back. Tune in for The Drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back, and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is Akua of Cultivated Roots Media, and I choose to tune in to Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Peace. This is Prince Culture Law, and I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power. This is E-Reporting Live, and you're tuned in to Necessary Blackness with my boy Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of the wonderful From Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. 
It's essential. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Arthur M. Henry here. Whenever I want to get the latest on politics, social life issues facing our black community, I tune in to Necessary Blackness with Raheem Shabazz. This is Shali. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. I am back, and this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, with my two beautiful co-hosts, Queen Umi. Hey. And... (laughs) What's up, everybody? It's Ashton Breon. Glad you came back. Now, we're going to get back into our topic of discussion. And before we do that, I want to start off with a quote. And this quote is from Che Chavales. And he says, the role of the artist or the role of the propagandist is just as important as the role of the gorilla. Meaning, those that utilizes art to highlight social justice issues, those that are highlighting oppression, the common day people are just as important as the gorilla, even though they may not be physically fighting on the front line, they are bringing awareness and they're using their voice for the cause, which brings me to a situation that took place over 50 years ago, and it was done in Cleveland, and it was a summit. And in this summit, there were several individuals such as Bill Russell, Jim Brown, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, I'm going to read an excerpt of what this summit was about, and it goes as following. They wanted to know just how strong Ali stood behind his conviction as a conscience objector to the Vietnam War. The questions flew fast and furious. Ali's answers were determined whether Brown and other athletes would support will throw their support behind the heavyweight champion who would have his title stripped from him later in the months for his refusal to enter the military. Now, what these individuals did, they wanted to know that if we support you, are you not going to bow out in the end and enter the military? Are you going to be objective supporter, objective, a conscientious objective? So, this summit consisted of several different athletes that had everything to lose, but they stood on the front line, and they wasn't individuals that scratch where they don't itch at. They didn't care about sponsorships. They wasn't these handkerchief-head Negroes that... I don't even want to go there. I really don't. But they was his supporting team. They, they, yeah, absolutely. Know? They was his supporting team. And we need that. And for those of y'all that don't know about this historical moment, you can go online and you can actually see the footage of it. They have a transcript of it. And you can see that back in the 60s, black celebrities knew they had a financial obligation to the black community. So what are your thoughts on that, Fumi? And then we're going to go to Ashton 
and find out what she thinks. Well, I really want to ask both of you to... Um, now, when we talk about obligation to our people as a celebrity, are we talking about just financial? Because, you know, a lot of times people do a lot more within their art, you know, or they may make a movie about things that, you know, will open our eyes as a people. They don't always have to give money. You know, there's other things that celebrities can do, volunteer their time, volunteer, you know, just different messages. So when we talk about the obligation, are we just talking about financial? Well, no, I don't, I don't want to make it a financial obligation, even though that's the title of the, of the podcast. However, I think that your voice is just as good as, as your finance. You know, um, I would rather someone use their platform to speak out if, you know, cause money, money, money can do a lot, but money ain't everything. You know, um, if it was all about money, then I, I think that the oppression of black people would have stopped long time ago. It's a deep seated, rooted hate for us and I think that individuals that have the power and the platform, they can speak out and it does help to financially support because the revolution ain't free and you have to support those that need it. Now, the financial obligation does come in when an individual, such as you mentioned earlier with Kaepernick, where he can't get hired <laughs> by no NFL team. We need to look at what was they offering him. I 14, think he turned, yeah. Yeah, $14.5 million or whatever it was. Then us as a community said, you know what? You ain't even got to play football no more. You know, you're going to be set for life or whatever they was offering you for you standing up for us as a people, we're going to match that. Or we're going to boycott the NFL so that the NFL was losing so much money that they realized it was better to keep him on their team. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your thoughts? On <laughs> on it's, boycotting? No, and as how, far as the obligation. Oh. Is it only financial? Do you feel they should have an obligation to us as a people? Now, as, okay, I, I want to go back to what you said about boycotting. People don't boycott anymore for the simple fact that nobody cares. And when I say nobody cares, I mean in the regard of... When our grandparents were boycotting, it was a necessity that y'all hear what the fuck we got to say. You understand what I'm saying? So when I say nobody cares, I mean, apparently we ain't pressed enough to cut the cable off, to stop sending our kids to these public schools, to do everything in order to rebuild our community. Nobody's pressed enough, which is why things are still, you know, the way they are. Um... I think it depends on how you look at it as far as our celebrities financially obligated to us, uh, to, to their community. Um, how far removed are we from our African spirituality and teachings? Because a lot of us are on a European train of thought and everything. And this is not just me saying this is facts. This is research. You can you can look this up. Um, Europeans have a linear way of thought. Everything is straight forward. There's no side to side. There's no, there, there's no back. There's only forward. And that's not a bad thing. However, with a linear way of thought, there is no, I am your brother. You are my sister. We are doing this together. There is none of that. 
Now, at one point in time, we did not think in that way of a European way of thought. We thought in a circular motion or a secular motion. Secular, circular, circular. I'll just use circular because it's a circle. Um, That's how we thought. We are connected. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. What we don't have, we will get together. So my question is, how far removed are we from those teachings? Because if we're super far removed, then no, they don't owe us anything. But if we're sticking to that, yeah, we, we owe each other Many things. Um, Jay-Z, Oprah, Puffy, uh, we'll throw a young nigga in there, Drake. LeBron. And LeBron. Those are five uber, uber celebrities with stupid money. Puffy and Jay-Z are always on the top of that Forbes list. So I just named you two millionaires, legit. And this is net worth. This is, this is what they can go and get. You know what I'm saying? Um... If the five of them decided, hey, let's get together and figure some stuff out for our community, right? And when I say our community, I mean black people as a whole, whether it be in the United States or across the world. Okay. All right, Oprah, you got this amount of money. How much are you willing to put in, in this pot? Okay, bet. I'll put in three million. Okay, cool. With three million, how about you open up a grocery store in every state and make sure it's black owned? Make sure the people that work there are black. Make sure the managers are black. Like what they did with Tito, how he got all the celebrities together. I mean, I I don't really know what he did with Title. You know, the celebrities together, and they all put in their own money, so they don't have to go through iTunes. He he made these people more um, able to get their own money from their record sales. That's awesome. So yeah, I guess I guess that's what I'm saying. What I mean, that's fine. That's that's all well and good. Charities are awesome. All that's awesome. But where are we at right now? Right now. We're in the fucking hood. And that's amazing. I, I, and I told my brothers about that. That's an amazing thing. However, however, the things that are happening right down the street, right there, that is what they got to get to. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, okay. Like I said, these five people, we all got money, right? So, Oprah, you're in charge of opening up all the black-owned grocery stores. All right, Jay-Z, you're in charge of making sure all these banks get open. Make sure they're only black-owned. Okay, Drake, you got this amount of money. Make sure all these schools are black-owned. Make sure all of them are private and black-owned. That's what I mean by putting money into the system. I don't mean this year I'm going to bail out dads because my my album's about to come out on 444. So let me go ahead and put this in there too. Like I said, I'm not taking away from the fact that Jay-Z bailed men out of jail. That's a beautiful thing. But what's about to come out? His album. People, we, it's fucked up that. It's fucked up that Oprah can have a whole episode. I don't give a fuck how long ago this was. It's fucked up that Oprah can have a whole episode tearing down Ludacris and tearing down Nelly. But, oh, she opened up a school in Africa. Well, whoop-de-fucking-do. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. People to judge other people and say what they would do with their money. But it's, it's kind of like once you get this money, as a human being, you're still responsible for your own self first. Absolutely. Is number one. And Absolutely. Like, you know, you can do only but so much for people that really don't even act like they want to help themselves. And I'm not saying that I'm against my brothers and sisters, but it's only so much you can do before you have to allow people to kind of go through their own stuff and learn on their own. You know, you can't save a whole nation. But why can't you? You can try, 
but we're not in their mind. So we don't know if they if, if they're having these meetings on. We're not. We're not having think tanks. We don't. White folks have think tanks, which is why they are successful in finance. They are successful in in real estate. They that ch- ch- white children. I went to North Atlanta High School. Very much so. Are you went to North Atlanta? <laughs> so I know what that's like to be around. And I'm talking about wealthy white children who when colleges would come and visit and they would say, how many of you need financial aid? And they would sit. What I'm saying is that European shit, that European way of thought and way of, and and that paradigm at 10 years old, I know how to trade stocks and bonds at eight years old. I bet you I could code a whole program. You understand what I'm saying? We don't know any of that. My parents did not, they tried their best. But my parents did not teach me financial literacy. You understand what I'm saying? They have think tanks for this type of shit. When I say they go underground. Jay-Z is responsible for teaching our children. Not at all. Not at, not at all. Not at all. You. You are responsible for right. teaching your children everything. However, like I said, how far removed are we from our African paradigm and our African spirituality of what I have is what you have. A perfect example. Kind of. Maybe I might have been 18, 19. I was with a really shitty guy at the time. And we were riding through the West End. And I said out loud, I was like, I want to buy the West End one day. And I'm 18, 19. I know what I mean, but that's 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 a bit of a naive thing to say. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to buy the West End one day. And he asked me why. I said, so I can help my people. Just imagine if we owned every single thing on this block from Abernathy to Lowry to you know what I'm saying this whole area he he looked at me like I was crazy he was like you can't buy I said I can't buy a block out here what if I get to where I want to be in life and I get enough money and I say this is ours what if I buy something and put my money behind something not for myself but for my people who says I can't do that why is that something I can't so why is it so far-fetched For me to say Oprah can open up one grocery store in every state, not in every city, not in every city of every state. But what if Oprah opened up a Cleveland and Atlanta, a Miami or in every city, even or or not even Atlanta, Macon. Let's go to a more impoverished area. He was opening up movie theaters. He was opening up, you know, different stores. Absolutely. See, I, I, I remember meeting him years ago and he was just passing out his CD. Now he owns clubs out here. You know, he's putting money up into his community, even though it's a strip club. Yeah, I could care less about a club. I'm just saying he's still putting money in, in the community because there's a lot of people. It is. Feed their children. It is. I won't disagree with you on that. And just the fact that he come from this hood and he's now owning property within this. Tip is one of those that's different to me because tip don't care who he around he says what the fuck he feels and if he feels like we are being served with injustice then i'm gonna speak on that and i fuck with tip for that but on the flip side you have an oprah you have a bill cosby i don't care what bill cosby is going through right now the simple fact that bill cosby used every single opportunity he got to tell black people how they need to act in public what they need to do The same thing we just spoke about earlier about you keep your business at home. Bill Cosby made it his mission to tear down black men. But he made it his mission to teach. You know how many children have went to Spelman, have went to Morehouse? I get that. That man used to really influence small children and have conversations with these children. And he he showed a lot of black 
children that there can be a positive black family. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Let me interject. What do you think was the reason for him to do a three-turn and basically turn his back, which is exactly what he did? I feel feel like we, as a people, we don't support each other. And it's a lot of times, a lot of these celebrities will put their neck on the line to support us and be down with us, and we don't give them the support they need. But that's not what happened with Bill Cosby, though. That didn't happen with Bill Cosby, though. (laughs) What I think, and, and, and this is just my opinion, Bill Cosby was in the process of wanting to buy and acquire these networks. And he also was coming out with another show, right? In order to get the green light for the white people, he didn't want to be too pro-black. Hmm. You know, they'll look at him and say, you know what? He's the least likely to flip on us hmm. because look. Look how much we've done for him. Look what we've done for him. And not only that, look what he's saying about his own people. Exactly. But listen, we're going to go a little step further because earlier we were talking, I, I let you, you two talk, and I was talking about individuals such as Oprah, and should they have an obligation to the entire race? And I think that's where we are blurring the line, right? Because if you look at the Rockefeller family that runs the world hmm. to this day, right? The Rockefeller family was not an individual endeavor. Exactly. It was a family business. And what we need to do, we need to get back to family business. A family business is being on code, knowing that what I do has to benefit the whole. There's no I, there is a we. And I think that we need to do that. And if we're not going to do that, then we're going to be stuck in the same position that we is now. Now, let's get back on topic. Speaking about activists, speaking about celebrities, you had several celebrities that did use their voice, such as Nina Simone. If you listen to her music, she was about her people. Absolutely. She made it her business to let everybody know that she was unapologetically active. Absolutely. Then, you had James Brown. Now, James Brown made a record at that time. It, it, if you look at the uh, period of time when he made I'm Black and I'm Proud, it was during racial strife, during the Civil Rights Movement. So he took a calculated risk mm-hmm. to show his people that he loved them and to make a show the same thing with the athletes, though. The, 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 the Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, excuse me, James Brown, Muhammad Ali. Um, they did this. Jim Brown, right. Had it right. They did the same exact thing. They said, you know what? My pride as a black man, my pride as an African is more important than this money these white folks are giving me. And that is where we are gone because these niggas love money. Period. These niggas love their money. They love their chains. They love their bitches, their cars, their houses. They don't give, they don't care about knowing their history. They don't care about that obligation, whether it's moral, whether it's financial, whatever it may be. All they care about, and it's sad because if they knew who they were, they their, their brains, their minds, their spirits would open up. 
And it's crazy because it's like back then when we had Muhammad Ali, he didn't care about that money. He cared about, he knew that there were little black boys watching him. So he knew it was deeper than money. It's about integrity. So what about the fact that if Muhammad Ali was just a regular Leroy down the street mm-hmm. saying and trying to do the same thing, no one would really listen to him. Sometimes I feel like you have to do what you got to do to get where you got to go so that now I am in a position where I can take care of my people. Do what you got to do. Before he was Muhammad Ali, he would have never made the big impact. Just like uh, Colin Kaepernick, if he would have did this when he was just still in college, it would have never been the impact. So you got to sometimes get yourself to that place. But you're speaking about, so you're, you're saying... Let me do what I got to do so I can get where I need to be to help my people. It's nothing wrong with that. Tupac did that. It's like Bill Cosby. If he nah, G. Nah, G. He did. Let's say he did do the way, the things the way he was going towards acting like he don't give a freak about his people or whatever. Now he got this sitcom. Now he got this station. Now he's in a position where we can have these black shows and we can have black people. But he went backwards. What you're saying is the right way. Do what you got to do to get where you need to be to help your people. That's not what's happening. People are doing what they got to do to get where they need to be and then they say fuck they people. That's the difference. That's the difference between a Tupac and a Bill Cosby. That's the difference between a Colin Kaepernick and a Floyd Mayweather. When? When? Nah, see, now you're talking about New York. Tupac has never turned his back on his people. Never. 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 Tupac never got on, on in public and, 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 and praised white men and said, fuck my people. When? What? Hit him up? It's all about talking about being as a whole. Listen, listen, listen. Those was. Take his craft out of it. I think what we're we're, talking about his voice, though. No, no, no. I think what we get misconstrued is that we talk about individuals, regardless of what coast they came from. These individuals never was it about a race. It was about individuals. Whether it was right or wrong, it was about it was about individuals. Now let's get back on let's get back on topic, right? Bill Cosby already made it. before he started shitting on black people. In fact, there is um, is something on YouTube where he's in a classroom and he's teaching black history. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, but I wouldn't doubt it. He was really dropping some science. He was very intelligent. On black history that we were the first and, and how the conquerors came over here and some of the stuff that we invented. And he just, he just went left. And you know what? Money. He, he did a lot for for for, for uh, a lot of college graduates and things like that. But overall, man, Bill Cosby really, you know, never acknowledged racism and white supremacy until he caught those rape allegations where mm-hmm. he said that he needs the black press mm-hmm. to come and to 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 deflect the lies that are being told on him. You know. Now, this is another thing I'm going to say, right, in regards to how, you know, you were saying that some people should wait until they get the money, until they make it, because they'll be in a better position to actually bring about change. That's one strategy, right? Another strategy is you have a lot of organizations, you have a lot of individuals, 
that or the voice of reasoning, that a voice of power and that are speaking out there and they don't have the financial support. So say if you're an individual that have uh, monetary gains and you can help this individual, you don't necessarily have to be the voice. You mm-hmm. can just financially support this person exactly. behind the scenes and no one has to know. Exactly. You can be who sat by the door. Harry Belafonte was paying for a lot of things that was going on in the 60s. Gave a lot of money to Martin Luther King behind the scenes. Gave a lot of money to Martha X behind the scenes. And this is another strategy, another way that these black celebrities can help out. Because, you know, in certain instances, you know, it, it would be a, a travesty if you lose your sponsorship because you spoke out. But sometimes... Who cares? You Exactly. You have to sometimes. You know what? Everybody shouldn't be a political spokesperson. No, not at all. I agree. You're one of those persons that shouldn't need to be speaking, and you just an individual that has extreme talent, then help and uplift those that can. You know, um, the king always needs a court jester. And, and some of today's celebrities are scratching where they don't itch and they're court justice for the king. We need radical, forward-thinking celebrities that are going to speak truth to power. And not be afraid of what may happen to them if they speak. I'm the, like that Kanye West that said George Bush don't care about black people on live TV. That's the type of shit I'm talking about. That goes that reaches such a distance that touches you. He looks just like you. He's famous. He got money. But damn, this nigga just risked it all to say George Bush don't care about black people. That's some of the trillest shit ever. What did we do? We said he was crazy. We we didn't. No, that was after. No, that was after. Boo. We was. That was, after. We was no, that was that was after. That was after. That was after. No, they were saying that before. That's, I think uh, Tupac shot two. Tupac shot two off-duty app officers. You think we pushed them away? I think we pushed Kanye. No, listen, I wouldn't care what any. Shit, I still want him back. <laughs> that sunken place is real. <laughs> I'm gonna go get me a white girl. Let me tell you something. The only thing a white girl can tell me is we a black one way. But Kanye never said that the black black people didn't support him though. That's the crazy part. He never said that. That never came out. Oh. <laughs> but no, you know what? This is the bottom line, and we're gonna wrap this up, right? I'm gonna let everybody say their last closing words. And my last closing words, I wanna say this. I'm not no celebrity. I don't have no money as a celebrity, but I can tell you this, right? I did a comprehensive study. And I will say this, over 65, almost 65, a little more than that, percent of my income or the money that I made Mm -hmm. during that month that I I did this study went to black businesses. Now, certain things, I just got to pay. You know what I mean? T-Mobile, I got to pay that. You know, Georgia uh, Power, I got to pay that. But when we're talking about having my car be clean, having my car detailed, sometimes if I'm on that side of town, the gas station that I go to, the restaurant, the the bank, you know, I'm black with a black bank. So there's things like that that we can do. You know, we got to continue to pull our money together. 
we have to know the power of the black dollar and we have to know the power of black unity amongst us as a people. So, family, this is my conclusion on this. We are getting calls, but we're not going to take no calls on this episode. We'll do that next episode when we go live. I'm going to let Fumi speak, and then you can take it away. And then we're going to come back, let you know everyone's social media, the individual. Look, hey, 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 they ain't trying to call in. The phone lines is lighting up. This is a hot topic. This is probably one of the best episodes that we put down. But guess what? It gets greater later. Come on and talk to them, Fumi. What's up, y'all? Um, you know, I just want to close out by saying a lot of times we put a lot of expectations on people just because of the status or where they are in life. Of course, in a perfect world, we'll all be there for each other and we'll all, you know, realize that we are connected. But I'm a big advocate on, you know, self. And I think that we, in order to be there for your brothers and sisters, you have to get yourself in order. Definitely. So um, that's what I wanted to leave, you know, with everybody focus on building themselves up, focusing on what we need to do as a person, as an individual, and then we can collectively come together and we can show them that we are not the minority. Oh man, we never been the minorities. <laughs> no, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. You have to get yourself together before before you can help others. And then once you do that, I mean, it's to me that's a no brainer. So I guess I'm on the I'm on the radical side of this whole you know obligation situation. <laughs> Just off the strength of I feel like man, we 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 be so far. If we weren't so pressed to assimilate and, 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 and join and, you know what I'm saying? And, and we'd also be far if we were still holding on to some of our African principles and spirituality and teachings. We, we wouldn't be so European right now. You know, it should be scary. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, God is for me. Yes, Raheem. That was a caller. They calling up here because they like what they hear. <laughs> listen, what's up? What you got going on? Um, let people know how can they get in contact with you. I know you have several different projects you're working on. We talk about do black celebrities have an oblig- a financial obligation to support their people? How can people support you? Because I know they want to know. Well, you guys, you can check me out at BeDivineMinded.com. Um, from that website, you can find all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, all that stuff. I have an online store. I do blogs. Um, I'm also a travel agent. You know, a lot of times black people, we don't get out of our comfort zone. Mm. We stay in the same city, in the same state. state. Mm. And um, right now I'm offering all types of specials. So hit me up, BeDivineMinded.com, and you can find an affordable way to just travel the world and experience life. Because we are natives everywhere. Absolutely. We need to touch ground everywhere in this world. All right. And what you got going on? Uh... <laughs> my social media is so light man i'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to get this cracking i love how enterprising you are though queen you're really dope and beautiful i just had to she cute y'all i just had to put that out there 
Um, I'm Lioness Smash um, on, I think, Facebook. Or, yeah, yeah, Lioness Smash on Facebook. Uh, Lioness the Queen, T-H-A on Instagram. I don't know what I am on Snapchat. I think I might be Lioness the Queen on Snapchat as well. Um, I don't have a Twitter. Uh, maybe I'll get one. I don't know. Not super pressed for it. But yeah, you can definitely reach me on Instagram. And um, um, I recently wrote a series called The Strange Fruit of Seven Henry. Now, hold on. Before you go on, don't okay. get too much out. No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, it's done. It's done okay. and done. Right. Done, so done know, and done. We know about these culture coaches. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, nah, that's, that's done a, and done. I have a white lady with Playing your lead nah, impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just um a series that I wrote, and I'm really excited about it. I let my professor read it, and she compared me to the likes of uh, Tennessee Williams. So oh, wow. that was super dope. That made me, you know, feel like I was on the right track. So now it's just a matter of um casting this thing. Um, <laughs> I got my crew ready. I just need my cast, and got to start filming. And um. My project, my first, I don't even want to call it a mixtape. It's definitely my project. It's coming out. Uh, September is the goal. Um, I will definitely keep y'all posted on that. Like I said, it's my first official music project. So I'm super anxious. I guess that's the right word. I don't you know. Sing? Mostly rap. I can sing. There are a couple of songs I'm singing on, but it's mostly just me rapping. Wow. Awesome. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this podcast. Now, I did do a playback, and I must say that one of the microphones was acting janky. So there is a little audio issue during the second half. Tried to repair it a little bit, but nevertheless, we just going to have to let this one flow. This was a good podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it, and I promise you, next week we will not have these issues. I am on the job. And the microphone, like I said, it was acting a little janky, but this is that podcast. Enjoy yourself. Peace and love, black family. I'll see you next time, next week, same time. Peace.